What's going on, guys? It's Mike Cerrone from the DC Crossover Podcast. Ben and I have been producing audio content since our teenage years. But now, don't we wish we had the tools you guys have to create and distribute your own content? Let me quickly tell you about our new sponsor, Anchor. Now, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's definitely something I love using. One reason, because it's free, people, F-R-E-E. As most of you may know, free is one of my favorite words, so don't get that mixed up. So no charge to start up with Anchor. Now let's talk about how easy it is to use. With Anchor, there are creation tools that allow you guys to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Super simple and super accessible from anywhere. Now that you recorded, how do you distribute to the streaming apps? Anchor does it for you, folks. Whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or more, they got you. Using Anchor, you can actually make money from your podcast. Straight hard cash, homie. Whether you have a handful of friends, family, or group that wants to hear your content, there is no minimum listenership. It's everything you would ever need to make a podcast in one simple place. Want to get started? Here's what you guys need to do. Download the free Anchor app on your phone or go to anchor.fm to get your podcast started today. Now back to our nation's capital with Sarone and Simpson. <clears throat> Luckily, Chantilly's only like five miles away, so yeah. it's not like too bad. But then you got to fill up the gas tank all the way up after it yeah. too, and it's just like it's a whole, it's a scam. It's oh, it literally is. you're just borrowing a truck yeah. from somebody, and they're like, it's going to be seventy five dollars for yeah. like six hours. It's like I, it's 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 ridiculous. But yeah, we'll be moving stuff starting Wednesday night. Yeah. Wednesday, Thursday, little, Friday. Little, little by little, like what's what's the situation? Little by little until Saturday is the big stuff. Yeah. Saturday is the big U-Haul. Got some couches, some beds, or be- well, yeah, multiple beds because we have two bedrooms. So we're gonna put a spare bed in there, and then uh, yeah, it's gonna be. And then I got the cable and internet, most important part, coming Friday, Friday yeah. morning. What's uh, what, what kind of stuff did you get? Like what uh, company? So Cox was the only company that serviced that area. Unfortunately, that's right. My I would have gone I FiOS. Think, I, think my, I think my aunt has Cox, but FiOS wouldn't. Uh, FiOS were like, we can do internet for you, we can't do TV for you. I was like, well, I'm not going to get two separate companies. I'm going to do one. Yeah. So I did. I got my uh, Contour TV bronze bundle pack. Ah, the bronze bundle. So we're talking two cable boxes with DVR. Trace. Place. Uh, we're talking uh, uh, Wi-Fi, like high speed. Um, what kind of speed did you I get? don't think it was the most powerful one, but it wasn't the weakest one. It was somewhere in the middle there. Okay, so you're a middle of the road kind of Middle of the road guy. And then home phone was included. I didn't want one. <laughs> This was bestowed upon me, so now I'm going to have a new phone. How much does a landline cost to buy off like Amazon? I don't know. You know what, we sh- you, what you should do because you're barely going to use it. I'm barely going to use it. Rotary phone. Yes, I could. I should ch- ch- change it out for like a banana phone, a duck phone from Jersey funny. Shore, yep, yep. something like that. Cabs are here. Cabs are here. Um, T-shirt. Yeah, it time. will be. Uh, <laughs> it will be <laughs> a home phone for. But the, but the good part about that though is I can just give that number anytime I have to fill out some dumb survey or yep. something. I can just put my home phone number so they don't call. My cell phone, which I get calls from every day from scammers. So, but still, it'll be ringing off the hook. But yeah, or if you really don't like a friend, then you can put their phone. That's number true. Down. That's true. No, yeah. that's not a bad point. So, going to go two cable boxes. I'm pretty excited. Here's a funny story about giving another phone number to somebody. So there was this girl back when I was a, like a senior in high school. There was like a, a sophomore or something like that. Yeah. That she like moved to the area and she was actually kind of popular, but she was kind of a weirdo. Yeah, like she was a pretty decent looking woman. Uh, or a girl, I guess you could yeah, say. Yeah, 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 sure. Um, and 
She like was kind of like was not stalking me a little bit. No, she was stalking but you. But it was it was it felt like she it. wasn't stalking me. She was just outside my bedroom like every night. <laughs> it was weird. But it was something of that nature. And I was dude, I was a little bit freaked out because she asked for my number. Yeah. And uh, and I ended up <laughs> I kind of freaked out a little bit. And I was like you know because I was single at that time. Yeah. But I was like I don't really want to give you my number because yeah, you're kind of a psychopath. Yeah. You're kind of a freak league yeah. over here. It's kind of weird. Cut your pinkies off. Yeah. Do something. And uh, I actually gave her uh, my friend's number who actually <laughs> smart move because it was funny and he was he's not my, really my friend anymore but sure. at the time it was kind of funny because of the sole fact that he uh, he actually thought that she liked him oh so you, but it was weird yeah she might have set them up in because a way. He, he was he was with me at the time yeah. that, that she we, we saw her at the mall or something like that like randomly that's yeah. how She's and, like, can uh, I have your number? And you're like, sure. And then yeah. you gave it to him. And it was your buddy like, what the hell? Well, I'm, sure, she, I'm sure he was ecstatic saying like, oh, yeah, she, she's she like, had oh, to do this. Mike did me a solid. Yeah, it was the weirdest thing, man. Yeah. That was probably the, one of the weirdest experiences I've ever had with a girl. Uh, yeah, and then everybody for a long time were, were giving out the, uh, what was that, that fake phone number that if you called, uh, it yeah. would be like. Rejection, would, rejection yeah, rejection hotline. hotline. It's like, you've called the rejection hotline. Like, you're, you're an effing loser. <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> are a big loser. Yeah, and it was always pretty embarrassing. I don't think I ever had that pulled on me i think maybe i had maybe i did though i don't know it was it was definitely a thing because back and back then back in the day before everybody had cell phones it was the home phone numbers how you talk to girls and stuff yeah so it would always have to be it was was a much more yeah of course for sure but it was a much different level of communication than we have now where you have direct communication because you could call somebody's house their mom answers their dad answers sister or brother you have to work through the gate Keepers yeah. and things. Can I talk to Alyssa? Like and they're like, "Hold on, let me see if she's at home." Yeah, and, and then like, "Oh, my oh, mom like, needs to use the phone." Here. And then, yeah, if mom needs to use the phone. Dad needs to use the phone. You got to get off the. F- it, it turns into a much bigger deal. Or yeah. they call your home phone, and then your like mom picks up. It's like, who the hell? Why is this girl calling yeah. you? Exactly. It's it, it was. Or a, you're on the phone, and all of a sudden your mom starts trying to dial somebody. Oh yeah, that, that would happen to me all the time. But, uh, speaking of a rotary phone, my neighbor actually had. Uh, so I, when I used to go outside and play with him and stuff like that, yeah. and. and and do whatever, play wiffle ball and all that kind of crap. It was funny because he actually had one of the phones. I don't know if it's a rotary phone because rotary phones are the ones that like you pick it up and you dial like yeah. this, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So this one was kind of similar to that, but sure. it, but it was the one that was like. Like uh, you ever seen the movie Balto? Yes. Yeah. yeah the like, dog. Like, yeah. The animated one where the guys are like this or hold the whole. Yeah. Yeah. That's piece. like very old school. Yeah. It's like the earpiece, and then yeah. the, you have to hold the thing to yeah. talk to it. That's from like the fifties. They, 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 they actually had one, and it was like it was kind of more of a decoration piece, but it was sure. actually plugged in. So really? I actually, yeah, I used it every time I went over there. I was like, "Hey, mom, I'm on my way home." She's like, "Why are you calling me? Tell me that you're you're literally like three houses down." Because that was back in the day. You used to get, hop on that thing and you talk to tell the operator who you want to call. Oh, You'd yeah. Be like operator. I need you to call Joe from down the street and operate to be like, you got it, bud. When's the last time you called 411? <sighs> Never. <laughs> I don't think I ever called 411. No, you did. No, I only did it like, like twice. And I think I asked yeah. for somebody's like phone number or something like that and actually gave it to me. Or or, or it's like... You is, got, that, is that still a thing? Not, is 411 still a thing? I, we should... You have your iPad right what there. We, we but what would we ask? <laughs> we should ask them for the local Wendy's number. The local Wendy's number? I don't know. I, I got to look... <laughs> I don't know if I want record of that on my phone. 411 might be, you know, stalking me. I did one summer just to, like, um, just to, like, mess around. You know, all, like, like, 
bags of chips and mm-hmm. soda cans and all that stuff. They have a very a, well a, the hop, chips. A, a line, a phone number on those bags to call like the main uh, chip yeah. company. Yep. So I definitely one summer being funny with my friends, so I would call them and I was asking questions to the customer service person about like the chips, like. Like, I'd ask him about, hey, how come these bags come, like, one-third full of chips? Oh, my gosh. And then, yeah. like, with Coca-Cola, I was asking, like, tell me what the secret ingredient <sighs> is and, like, all this stuff. And they're just like, man, I'm really tired of this kid calling oh, yeah. us. But, uh, oh, yeah. The, well, the, the, the chip thing that you're just talking about, obviously, uh, I went to Big Lots uh, recently. Oh, okay. And uh, a couple days ago or something like that. And I'm really, like, my new, like, trend right now for myself. It's not really a trend if it's by yourself, right? Sure. Uh, but... Flaming hot Doritos, flaming hot okay. Cheetos, all that okay. kind of stuff. Obviously, I knew what flaming hot Cheetos wa- uh, sure. were, but now they I've have dabbled. flaming hot Doritos. See, I haven't that, had those. That's been out for a good. Oh, well, I have a bag over oh, there. You nice, might have nice. to take a little dabble in that. <laughs> um, so uh, those came out, I think, last summer or something of that nature, somewhere in the middle there. And I saw on the rack. I, of course, you had to dabble in each aisle, and you look at it, and it was flaming hot Funyuns. Interesting. Yes. So you know how Funyuns everything's got to be flaming hot. Now, they, I guess. Well, flaming hot has. I mean, or, or I should say, Funyuns have a really distinct taste. Yeah, I've had Funyuns. So when you look at flaming hot Funyuns, you don't really think it's going to go together. Yeah. And the problem with Funyuns is that they're so like I don't know if, it, if dense is the right word, where it's mm-hmm. kind of like emptiness in, inside the actual yeah. Funyun. So it's like the powder was like falling off of it when I picked it out of the bag. Really? Yeah. So and, and also the bag, as you were mentioning before, yeah. was like a third full. Because um, I told Jen, I said, I just opened it up. I gave her one, gave myself one. I, I said, I said, look at this thing. And I stuck like half my arm in there. And I said, yep, I'm hitting Funyun right now. Man, I, I think that's that seems to be the trend is like people are liking the spicier and hotter things now. And it, I, th- yeah. I think it's like everything's upgraded. That Wendy's got the spicy nuggets. Um, you know, Burger King probably has They still have them right now? Yeah, I think so. Ooh. Burger King has spicy nuggets. What's the calorie count on a spicy nugget? I got to look at that. So I might have to get that on, tonight. On just one single nugget? Yes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you got to maybe look up like a four piece or something. Nutrition. Nutrition. That's not, that's not how you spell it. Nutrition. I did have some nuggets like uh, not too long ago. I had some, but they were uh, Mickey D's nuggets. Oh, yeah. Some McDonald's nuggets. Calories in Wendy's. Oh, by Calorie King. You ever watch, look at calorieking.com? Oh, I try to avoid it. <laughs> I look at it uh, for like liquors and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so it says. That can't be. Oh, one nugget is 47 calories. Wow. Wow. So you get a 10-piece. You, you have to walk 13 minutes to ten, burn off that one nugget. 10-piece, that's like 500 calories just in the nuggets. Then you yeah. get the fries. That's another like 500 or more. Yeah. It's not uh, It's not the smartest choice. You want to make yourself feel fat, go on CalorieKing.com. Yeah. Okay, so the ten Sponsor pe- the show. I tell you. Yeah. Hey, I, I reached out to yeah, Lunchables. and they, they didn't respond. They should respond back to us. They only have like... 8,000 followers. Yeah, nobody's paying attention to lunch. Yeah, you're, not, you're not, not popular anymore. But a 10-piece is 467 calories. You have to walk for two hours and 10 minutes to burn that off. For for how many? Uh, a four-piece? 10-piece. T- 10-piece. So you have yeah. to walk for how many hours? Uh, two hours and 10 minutes, so Oof. 130 minutes. Uh, it's based on a 35-year-old female who is 5'7 and weighs 144 pounds. Well, so I don't know where that comes from. That's me. That's, that's <laughs> my literal body <laughs> type. Where, you can't even edit it. What's that? Why would you? Why would you have it on that's here? An interesting. Uh, 
uh, default yeah, person. 35-year-old woman who's 5'7 and weighs 140 pounds. that's just for the pounds. nuggets, too, because you can't just get the nuggets. you got to get the fries, especially you get, for you got to jog for almost an hour to burn yeah. that off. Like, come on now. Come on. What's the point? What's the point of living? <laughs> What's the point of living? You can have a 10-piece uh, spicy chicken just nugget. Just one day they'll have the technology where you, like, you eat, like, whatever you want, and then you, like, press a button on your body, and it automatically, like, gets rid of it for you. Oh, yeah? Not poop, but, okay, like... Okay, But uh, it, like, so it like automatically, like, boop, 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 burns the 500 calories uh, okay. off your body immediately. Or they can just do, like, the... Uh, with In the movie Wally, where they have, you know, they have, like, Slurpees that are... Or, or whatever that have all the nutrition you need in them. Right. And they fill you yeah. up. Yeah. And they have floating chairs. Really fat people, though. Yeah. Those are all really fat people. I don't <laughs> think they were helping in that... Because they wouldn't... They weren't moving around. That was yeah, the well, they Hey, they had the, the, the a paradise in that ship. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's an interesting movie to remember right now, I guess. I mean, a good movie, for sure. It kind of goes against the grain of what we're talking about right it's here. One about, of the greatest love stories. <laughs> Wally and Eve. The, Eva. Eva, whatever, same thing. Eve, Eva. Eva. Wait, there you go. Yeah, okay. whatever, freaking Wally. Making sure. So, okay, so today what we're talking about. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about the show. Yeah, well, well, we should probably not have a show because people don't want to be on the show, apparently. Yeah, they hate us. Um, yeah, so uh, anyways, on the DC crossover episode, what number? Is it Ben? 34? 34. Is That's it? That's it. No, I think that was last time was 34, I think. No, wait. Um, I'm going to have to check it out. So on this episode, let me check it out while I'm doing this. No problem. Um, it's going to be uh, Caps Talk. Obviously, Carl Hagelin was re-signed, which is a good thing. Sure. For Caps fans as a whole. It's going to be episode 34, by the way. Uh, so anyways, so Caps fans, obviously Carl Hagelin. Uh, Matt Niskanen was traded and uh, for a guy named Gudis from Philadelphia, who doesn't really have the best reputation, but is low money and could be on the third line of the defense and be one of those bruiser-type guys uh, for the time being. But again, we'll talk about the Caps and those, those couple moves real briefly. Then obviously we'll get into the Wizards, obviously the draft is coming up here on Thursday. The Wizards have the ninth pick. Here are more uh, rumblings of uh, them getting the, what's it called? Seku Dembaya or whatever yep, his name that's was. That's exactly how he pronounces um, it. Uh, and yeah, exactly. Yep. I, I, I was the one who named him. Um, so uh, more, uh, obviously more, what is it am I thinking of? Uh, more rumors, that's what I was trying to say, yeah. of them drafting him. We'll get to that a little bit. And obviously the Washington Nationals have probably the biggest week of their season this week. Yeah, have a sure. four-game slate against the Phillies that starts tonight as we record this and a three-game slate against the division now leading Atlanta Braves so let's get right to it Mr. Simpson shall we absolutely it's a clown question bro and they're not even called Reese's Pieces they're called Reese's Pieces Reese's Pieces they're pieces of Reese's I'm a man I'm 40 I'm not a, I'm not a kid write something about me playoffs I just hope we can win a game. We're talking about practice, man. We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. We ain't talking about the game. We're talking about practice, man. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. Hello? You play to win the game. Hello and welcome, Pine Ponies. This is the DC Crossover, episode number 34, right here on your dials. I don't know if it's a dial, if it's yeah, a phone. It's a dial? It's sure, a dial. why not? It's maybe a dial-up phone. Maybe, we talked about it. Maybe, rotary phone. Oh, yeah, the rotary phone. Maybe yeah. they plugged it in and they're using their dial to control their phone, maybe. Ooh, you ever seen that's that? That's not a bad idea. Yeah. The Apple CarPlay. Are you a fan of Apple CarPlay? 
I don't even know what that is. You've never seen Apple CarPlay? It's, no. it, it's kind of stupid. I use uh, Bluetooth for mine. Oh, okay. Because Apple CarPlay is more so if you plug in, uh, like, USB, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's the dumbest thing ever because it's so stupid because, like, it, then if you get a text message, it pops up on the screen and stuff like that, and then you're, like, trying to, you know, pl- press it real quick if someone else is in the car. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I know <laughs> what you mean. Because, yeah, I think I had... Uh, for when I first got my car and I did the Bluetooth, I got the same thing where my text it wouldn't it wouldn't read what the text was, but yeah. it'd say who the text was from, yeah. and it would pop up on the screen. I disconnected that because like I get texts all the time, and it's like if I'm driving or something, I don't want somebody to be like, "Oh, so and so texted you," and it's like, "Yeah, I, who cares? Uh, Do you want to text back? No, yeah. no, 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 no. So like I now I have it as just the music and like I uh, podcast and stuff is connected there, and then if somebody calls me, it's connected, but I don't have my yeah. text connected anymore, which was a great decision. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. For sure. That's for sure. Anyways, this is the DC Crossover, episode number 34. The DC Crossover, where we cross over all four major sports teams in the Washington, D.C. market, as long as they're in season or they have news swirling around them. So this episode, number 34, we are supposed to have a separate episode about the Wizards draft. Uh, we will have that. I don't know if we ever we'll will. We'll do a draft recap uh, next week. We may have Ian Holloran join the show for okay. those who... Uh, are familiar with the radio show when we were on WJMU. True. Uh, Ian Holleran not only came in studio once, but he also was a frequent uh, contributor to the show in the college basketball realm and in the NBA realm. So I, yeah. I talked to him today. Can't, he couldn't come on tonight. He's actually uh, out doing some scouting and recruiting for he's a college basketball coach. But he said he would be happy How's to join us next week. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. He's in Peru, Nebraska uh, for the Peru... Uh, forget the name of it, but I've made a couple graphics for them for, for recruiting that. and things like that. So. How, how how did he get that gig? Like how, like what do you have to do to be qualified for that gig? Well, he was uh, he was a, I've a always grad ass- that. so like you got to start as like a grad assistant first. Okay, and so he was a grad assistant in Austin, Texas, for St. Edwards. So you and then uh, from there you're just applying to different coaching gigs and things like that. So he's an assistant coach now for an NIA school, uh, Peru State College. He's making. Peru, I, I, I looked it up. He's making like 40, 40 G's or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. He's a full time now. So that's good. Wow. Good for him. But he grinded for a long time. Bastard. He was a high high school basketball <laughs> coach, and then a and then he was a college. Uh, grad assistant. Now he's yeah. a he's like a Division three type. Uh, I didn't know if he had to be like a like a things. like a high school coach for a long time or something like for that. For a few I, years at least, yeah. he was a, he was a yeah for for a little while he was a he was a high school. Coach. Was he doing that in Nebraska? Yep, in Nebraska, yeah. and then he got the job in Texas, and now he's back in Nebraska. Man. But he'll be what joining a, a life us. You can ask him about it. You can ask him about it next week. <laughs> I will. Sure. Maybe we'll keep it rolling so we can get his uh, full life story. Yeah. Um, but anyways, we're going to start with the Capitals, go on to the Wizards, and then lastly, we're going to end with the Nats and an episode of What Grinds Our Gears. But to start... There you go. <laughs> Eller for the draw! And as the puck drops, the words that D.C. fans have been waiting to hear since 1974, the Washington Capitals. 2018 Stanley Cup champions. It's not a dream. And there you go, John Walton of your Washington Capitals. One of the great voices on radio, and he also has liked a few of my tweets, which is nice. Yeah, uh, and little, also he retweeted one. He retweeted one, I think. No, that was Ben Raby, one of the, the the guy who does the I won't the be getting any Brian Mitchell uh, love nope, on nope, Twitter nope, for a long time. No, he won't time. be seeing your, your Twitter name on there for a while. Or our <laughs> podcast Twitter name. Child, please. Uh, yeah, exactly. Child, please. That, that, that just irked me when, I, when he said that back to you. <laughs> I was like, so that's so stupid. That, isn't that what Ocho Cinco used to say back in the day? Oh, yeah. It's uh, so, this is so stupid. dumb. Come on, just use plain English, please. Um, child, please. What the hell does that even mean? 
Uh, anyway, well, I'm, it's like I'm 28 years old. Like I'm not going to be called a child. Anyways, uh, this is a Washington Capitals segment, <laughs> obviously. So a couple moves have been made in the last week, which we will get to right now. First move was trading Matt Niskanen. Now, Matt Niskanen on the backside of his career, very productive uh, d- defenseman on the second line for the Caps that actually has touched the first line a couple times in case of injuries. But overall, he's a very good leader inside the clubhouse, uh, played for the Penguins for a little while. So he came to the good side and then straight away from the dark side. And also, he was just overall a, g- a really good teammate. And people were a little outraged. Uh, I saw on Twitter, not really outraged, but some kind of understood it because of obviously his age, uh, the, the number of the cap he was getting, and also a lot of the free agents, which we will get to here in a minute, uh, that needed to be re-signed or let go. Um, and also, when you're looking at this trade, uh, the guy you got uh, wasn't the best locker room guy, which obviously uh, people like Grant Paulson were not really thrilled about. That uh, you know, they, they, the people that Grant, Grant talked to from 106.7 The Fan said that Rob uh, Radko Gudis uh, from the Flyers is kind of a Philly type guy, which obviously maybe we can get Jessica Town's opinion on uh, Radko Gudis as well, true. Uh, our Philly insider, and see what she thinks of him. But overall, it's it's something that uh, is that people are not too thrilled about. But I even tweeted on my Twitter at Sarone Sixteen that in this situation, when it comes down to this type of thing that McClellan has done. Uh, you have to look at the trickle-down effect, the little domino effect of what's going to happen uh, after that because he freed up cap space, and that leads to what is he going to use that cap space for? And we just saw it a couple of days ago where they re-signed Carl Haglin uh, to a multi-year deal. I believe it was four years uh, for uh, AAV of about 2.75 yeah, or 2.75, so, yep. uh, which is good because obviously that's a low-cap number. He's a good guy that can play on the third and fourth lines, which obviously we'll get to the line placements here in a little bit as well. Uh, but overall, good signing, uh, or re-signing, I should say, for, for Carl Haglin, another guy that's a gritty guy that can play on the PK and so on and so forth. But got some speed. Obviously, that might trickle down a little bit with the speed because he's getting up there in age as well. But overall, a very good player and, and was very productive when we got him over from last season. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of people are happy with this signing, especially at the price yeah. um, that you were able to do, as you had mentioned. A lot of speed, a lot of talent, a lot of pedigree. A- again, he's a good veteran presence on this team, 31 years old. And uh, again, this is, uh, you know, if, if you're looking at the other side of this, as far as any negatives, um, yeah, I mean, four year deal for a guy who's 31. You know, you got to think, hey, some of that speed may slow down a little bit over that four years. The other key thing here, Mike, is so, uh, you know, Caps right now, nine forwards, six defensemen, two two goalies under contract for next season. According to Cap Friendly, the Caps sit at about $10.7 under the projected cap ceiling of $83 million. Yep. Now, you've got Verana and, and uh, Christian Jews, who are both uh, restricted free agents, and they're both expected to return. Verana will likely be around four mil. Jews will come in about one mil. So that gives the Caps about $5.7 million to sign th- another three forwards. Um, now, you also have Brett Connolly, who they may go, go you know, bring back. He's an unrestricted free agent. Andre Burakovsky is a restricted free agent. That would uh, be probably three and a half mil on that 5.7. So yeah. the point is that you know, this is a great signing. You got him at a good price. The Caps have maybe around five mil or so to work with to sign three forwards. Um, And I think that's a little more of a worry of where the Caps are as far as in this offseason is, um, you know, the Caps have some weaknesses there. 
you know, Hagelin is a great signing. It's going to be hard for the Caps to fix some of those weaknesses because of kind of where they sit right now with the cap. And so we'll kind of see how that plays out. And I think that's kind of where um, some of my mindset is right now as far as I love the signing. I think they did a great job. There's a lot left to do and not a lot of money left to do it with. Yeah, it's the worry. Exactly. And that's the thing is you're looking at some of the free agents that we have right now, as you mentioned before, Andre Burakovsky, a restricted free agent. Uh, They're going to probably want to re-sign him. Honestly, if they can get him at a right number, then I would re-sign him. But I think kind of it was a mistake not to trade him from last year. Yeah. Because he was on the trading block for most of the year. But still got tons of upside. Only 24 years old. Uh, and he also pairs uh, with Jacob Verona, who's 23. Uh, they're going to probably re-sign Verona because he played 82 games. Very durable. Young guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, was was instrumental in our in our cup run uh, at age 22. And, uh, you know, he had almost 50 points last year in 82 games. And being on a lower line, that's actually a pretty... Pretty, pretty damn good uh, situation that you got there for a young guy who can actually be up there and be a productive piece because, I mean, he had 24 goals, which, I mean, that's more than Brett Connolly had. And Brett Connolly is a 27-year-old uh, veteran as well. So you're looking at t- some of these guys that obviously can be contributors, uh, and it, you're mainly going to be looking for the guys that are going to be on the third and fourth line. Mm-hmm. You're going to be looking for those Jay Beagle types. You're going to be looking uh, for those Lars Eller types. And that's the big thing that you got to look out for because – Obviously, you know, you want to get some guys that are going to be integral pieces uh, in the years to come because, obviously, Nick Backstrom, he's 31, so he's still got a few years under his belt, I would believe. Uh, and then you obviously got Ovi, who's 34, but he just won, uh, you know, the, the, the was it the Rock of Richard Trophy, uh, you know, at age 34, which is pretty crazy. Um, but overall, uh, you're just looking at some of these guys that are getting up there in age, like a TJ Oshie, Lars Eller's in his 30s now, Carl Hagelin plus 30s, uh, Nick Jensen, he's going to be a good integral piece on the defense that they got last year. So I'm hoping that McClellan can actually do something during this offseason period where he can try to re-sign some of these younger guys like a Verona, like maybe even a Connolly uh, for a lower number. And like you said, they don't have a lot of money, obviously, because of you know Ovi's contract, John, John Carlson, who they got before. But he's you know he's an all all NHL player basically. Yeah, if you want yeah. to put it that no, way. So worth uh, yeah, worth it exactly. So I'm not too worried about that. And then you got Kuznetsov as well. But the biggest thing is Ovi's contract comes up. Uh, I think I believe after this year, so they're gonna have to restructure that. Maybe give him honestly. Uh, that's gonna be the year that. Uh, Everything is going to be laid on the table, obviously, because he's making basically ten thousand or ten million dollars. Ten thousand would be nice. Uh, t- ten million dollars. His his cap hits about nine point five. So if you look at that, that's thirteen percent of the cap right there for Alex Ovechkin. He's worth it, but you obviously obviously have to see his age and all that kind of stuff. Maybe they can get a team friendly deal for maybe two years at maybe. Five million. You would hope. You would hope yeah. just because of the legacy there. The the worry is where is the scoring going to come from? And that is the main worry exactly. as far as because Haglin is great. He's a penalty killer. He's a, a great speed guy. He does not score. Last season, he yeah. had five goals. His career high in goal scoring is 17, and that was five years ago. Yep. So Haglin is great. Except he for the does, Kings? Uh, I think so, yeah. Think so. so Haglin is great, a great signing. He's not a scorer. And that's the worry that McClellan and, and the rest of the team has to have find is you have to find um, you know, some offensive uh-huh. threats because you had you know, some guys that were – you know, in that realm now are... Niskanen are, is, a, is a decent, decent score for the exactly. defense. And then you've got, you know, again, Connolly. And, and, and you're trying to figure out kind of what, um, 
you know, what can they get Connolly back and things yeah. like that, who is one of their best. I think one of the biggest threat. things was Nate Schmidt when he got to Vegas mm-hmm. because of the expansion draft. I think that really hurt him because Nate Schmidt was an offensive defenseman, very good speed guy, yeah. an up-and-comer who was, you know, I mean, he was on the rise right the season right before he played for Vegas. And, I mean, during the playoffs he did wonders, and everyone saw, wow, Nate Schmidt is going to be the next big thing. Mm-hmm. And, obviously, George McPhee, the former GM of the Capitals, now with Vegas, he saw what Nate Schmidt was doing in the year prior, and he said – we're going to pass on Philip Grubauer. We'll take Nate Schmidt. Thank you very much. And shut the door. Yeah. Uh, so basically that's a big deal that like you're saying, where is the scoring going to come from? Yeah. Because you don't want to rely that. That's where the teams uh, is. And even the caps, when you look at it, that there's where the team or excuse me, those are the teams that falter when you have the first and second line as your primary scoring. And, you know, for your, I guess you could say 85 to 90% of the scoring, obviously you want some good dirty goals here and there from your third and fourth line, but you need to spread it out more. You need to get, hopefully maybe like 25% of your goals be from the third and fourth line. And that's where you got to look at where these guys are going to be coming from because Burakovsky obviously had a terrible year this year. Evgeny Kuznetsov didn't have a great year as well. Uh, and, and he's taken up 10% of your cap as well. Mm-hmm. Kuznetsov. So if you look at it, you can't have Backstrom, Ovechkin, and Oshie, and Tom Wilson. Tom Wilson is Tom Wilson is going to be the next face of this franchise. I'm telling you right now. He's 25 years old. He's already on the first line. He's not getting paid a ton of money, but so he's getting paid a decent amount of cash where he's going to stay around for a long time if he keeps getting that amount of cash for only 5.1 of the cap. But literally, when you're looking at Tom Wilson – Last year, I don't have his exact stats in front of me, but last year he did wonders. And you saw him after the 16, 17, whatever game suspension that they screwed him with, uh, the NHL, because they said, oh, well, this is your appeal is only worth 13 games, so you lost three games of, of playtime. It, it, it's it, it, idiotic what they did last year, but what he's been doing over the last few years has been, you know, instrumental in his progression. And he's only 25 years old, so I'm telling you right now, him and John Carlson, Dmitry Orlov, because he's only 28, those guys are going to be the guys that take over the reins once Backstrom and Oshie and Ovechkin move on. Yeah, no, I, 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 I think we're going to be seeing over the next few years that kind of changing of the guard yeah. for the caps that we're so used to seeing for we're such entering a long that period time. for sure yeah with with backstrom and ovechkin and kind of the guys that have we've known as as being the guys um for so long so we'll kind of know she and the, those guys so yeah. there's definitely going to be a changing of the guard uh, they're going to have to figure this out mcclellan and, and the crew i trust them you know, out of all the Washington teams, I trust that group to be able to figure it out just because they've made some good decisions in the past, uh, especially of, of, of late. So uh, we'll kind of see how that plays out. But, yeah, big signing with Haglin. you got to love it, that price point as well. And I think, you know, kudos and props to the Caps for, for, get, for, for, have, for signing him. Yeah. I mean, that's a good deal. That's a good deal for the Caps. He's a great penalty killer guy. He flies around the ice. You got to love that. The worry for us as fans is, okay, who's going to be scoring the goals? <laughs> I, I think I actually may have misspoken because Nick Backstrom is up next year. Ovechkin has two more years. So two he, more years. So he has next season and the season after that yeah. uh, where I believe he's going to be uh, good to go. But overall, if you look at uh, that season where Alex Ovechkin is going to be a, a restricted free agent, you've got some guys on there uh, like, like, I mean – 
Ilya Kovalchuk, he's he's out of the picture, so I'm not going to look at him. He was the first name I saw. He's like 50 years old, and Ooh. your boy Henrik Zetterberg as well. Yes, uh, but you but you got to look at some of these younger guys. Um, for instance, like a Derek Stepan from Arizona. He's he's a decent player. Uh, he might get a, a lower number. Uh, Matt Niskanen is overall uh, going to be available then too. But you got a lot of y- uh, older guys at that point, so you're going to see a lot of different type of uh, contracts come around during that time. But overall, you have to find these guys. This is the time that we've talked about it multiple times where you have to see what uh, McClellan's all about. Mm-hmm. Obviously, McPhee kind of brought in some of these guys, and they rode the coattails of Ovechkin and Backstrom for so so long. But now you got to see these guys make a move and see what they can do post this era. Now you won a cup. That's great and all. But you have to see what you can do when Ovechkin and, and, and some of these other guys are, you know, are, are not going to be there. You know, they're going to be, you know, you're stepping down a little bit in their production. You're not going to have Ov scoring 50 goals in two years. You know, I mean, we say that now. Obviously, we didn't think it was going to be happening this year. Uh, but you have to look at these certain teams and say, or excuse me, th- this team and say, with these players that are exiting, that, that you know, changing to the guard. I think you said it as well. You have to make sure you do the right moves and sign the right contracts. And so far, looking at that Haglin deal, for now, the next you know handful of years, that's a good deal because it's lower than $3 million apiece. Uh, Radko Gudis, you know, we'll see if he's a good energy guy. I, right now, that, that whole entire uh, locker room is in, in a, is good shape, is in a good shape right now mm-hmm. because you see him you know, during pregames having fun and all that kind of stuff, and they're all in a, in a good locker room. So I'm hoping that Gudis, you know, tones it down a little bit when you see one of the best goal scorers of all time on your team. Yeah. Because think about it. He was with the Flyers. The Flyers blow. Okay, <laughs> well, let's put it this way. Yeah. He might have been pissed because he was on the Flyers. Sure. But overall, I'm hoping that he maybe cools down a tad bit and says, hey, I got one of the best defensemen in John Carlson, you know, right near me, playing on the on the same defense as me. And then also got some other guys like a Nick Jensen, who's an up-and-comer from Detroit, as you know. Mm-hmm. You know, some of these guys that are out there and Tom Wilson. Honestly, Tom Wilson might just say, screw you, Gudis. You want to you fight let's go and get it out of the way right now yeah uh, but overall i think it's going to be a be a good time uh for mcclellan to show us what he has and what he's got uh in the next coming years yeah let's take it we'll, we'll see kind of how it plays out and that's for sure let's shift gears a little bit the other team that plays in capital one arena is the washington wizards beal again gets an angle throws it off the glass and scores he's been phenomenal orange third of the game we're tied at 144 Beal, nice move, lays it up and scores. Oh my, 40 points for Bradley Beal. So now we enter the time of year that for NBA fans. Sometimes this is the most interesting time of the NBA. That's the offseason and heading into the draft. Now, especially for when you're a team like the Wizards that was out of contention uh, two months into the season, basically. Yeah. You know, you've been kind of waiting for this moment where we're, we're a few days away from the draft. The Wizards... There's so many storylines going on right now, Mike. First of all, you've got a, a vacant GM position with uh, an already missed opportunity with the Denver GM. A rumors about Masai Ujiri possibly coming here. Um, every, a lot of things pointing to that not happening. Now you've got Obama involved in trying to maybe move him, get, get Ujiri to come to D.C. Yeah. You've got the fact that the Wizards were not holding uh, workouts for any of the top ten players until, like, yesterday. They finally started working out some guys. They, they hadn't worked out guys for weeks. Keep in mind, these pre-draft workouts have been going on for weeks yeah. for these guys. And then now, especially today, uh, the Athletic put out a report 
that the Pelicans are very, very interested in trading the number four pick for Bradley Beal, working out some oh. sort of situation there. Uh, multiple reports have come out regarding that. So we've got a lot going on for a team that is so bad. Um, and besides all that, there's the fact that the Wizards, at least for now, have the number nine pick on Thursday, and we have no idea which way they're going to go because there's not even a real GM. There's an interim GM. Well, we, we just saw on the TV that LaMelo Ball, for some reason, I don't know why. He's going to go play in Australia. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, that's, that's yeah, what course. the other guy's doing, too, course, RJ Hampton. Of course he's It's weird. All these guys are now, and I don't know why he's on That's what I'm saying. Jump. I mean, why, why are you on? They're obsessed with him. Why are you on it's, TV right now? Your, your brother got traded. Why are they? T- anyways. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, but looking at that situation, if, I don't even know where to start with. If this that's team. where you just what you just mentioned yeah. is that they're trading the number four pick. Yeah, that, I mean, hey, obviously it's, it's intriguing. Not, it's intriguing. I don't think you're going to get a great player at number nine. So that could that's be that's the thing. That, and could, the, that, that could be nice if you get two top ten picks or two not two top nine picks. I guess you could say. Yeah. But I mean, in my opinion. You're, I, I was mentioning Lamelo Ball because Lonzo, if they trade number four pick, he'd probably be coming here. So he'd be tr- he, he'd be like, oh man, I'm playing with Zion. And then yeah. all of a sudden, oh great, I'm playing with Thomas Adaransky. If you could package that in there, <laughs> if I mean, because it wouldn't be just a number four pick. Obviously, they'd have to trade some assets to the yeah. Wizards for Bradley Beal. So I mean, I I know you know I'm not the biggest Lonzo Ball fan in the world, but I'm a bigger Lonzo Ball fan than Tomas Sadaransky. Yeah, might not be a bad option. Now, the <sighs> the, the whole thing is. You know the Wizards, and you just can't believe anything that the Wizards say. You can't believe anything that these guys yeah. um, talk about because we had, um, you know, Leones is coming out and saying that this team doesn't tank; they're not going to tank, and then we're openly tanking at the end of the season for yeah. sure. They're, I mean, when when you're throwing out some of the lineups they threw out there, you're tanking. And then you've also had him say, "We're trying to build around Bradley Beal. We're not trying to send Bradley Beal anymore, anywhere." You know. It, I actually have been a proponent of possibly training Bradley Beal for a while now. Yeah, me too. Because I think we're, the Wizards are in a situation where, okay, Bradley Beal, fantastic player. But what's the use of having Bradley Beal on a team that's in 11th place in the conference? Exactly. There's no point in that. I would much re- especially a guy that has to be paid a supermax or whatever, taking up most of the, the, the money. I'd rather have a rebuild mode here. Imagine two top ten picks and then some young assets. If they could work Brandon Ingram in that or Lonzo Ball yeah. or something like that, I mean, that's not a bad package for Bradley Beal. I would be excited about that because you made a great point where, oh, thanks. Uh, yeah, for once, where the number <laughs> nine pick is a crapshoot. You and I have been talking about this for weeks. You, I would be much more comfortable with a gamble at four than a complete crapshoot at nine. Yeah. Because right now at nine, we have no idea what the Wizards are going to get. Could Kobe White fall to them? Could Are they going to go with Bull Bull? Are they going to go with Jackson Hayes? Are they going to – we have no idea – where the Wizards are going to go with that nine pick. It's going to be yeah. a best player available type deal. But if they could get a four, then we're talking about some Duke some Duke guys yeah. possibly in contention there. R.J. Barrett. Um, uh, obviously, we're not going to get Zion or, or John Morant, but there's some, a couple good guys after you know, in that top five that could be pretty intriguing options, especially if you go get that t- kind of top five pick and then you can gamble number nine on that Seku kid. And yeah. if he if he doesn't pan out, okay, so what? We got the number four pick. Hopefully that's working out at yeah. least. So I'm not against it. I honestly think when you're when you're talking about that, that's a, that's a great thing that you just said that about if you can get someone at four and you can gamble with that number nine and maybe he pans out to be a, a pretty damn good player in say two or three years because mm-hmm. that Seku guy 
uh, from I heard he's from Guinea or something like that, or from France or something. Yeah, <laughs> France, but probably originally not yeah. from France. Well, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Something, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, if you take a take a risk on him, say, and uh, you know, for the ninth pick or something like mm-hmm. that, and then or even a bowl bowl. And then the fourth pick, you get someone like a Jared Culver yep. or Cam Reddish or yeah. something like that. Yeah. You can go out – or not Cam Reddish, an R.J. Barrett, not yeah. Cam Reddish. I don't want Cam Reddish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. R.J. Barrett. Barrett, Jared Culver, DeAndre Hunter. Yeah. Uh, no, not DeAndre Hunter. I don't yeah, okay. want him. No, yeah, no, no. You don't want, you don't want you can't even Cav- score. Cavaliers on the team. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Darius one. Garland from Vanderbilt, uh, Jackson Hayes, Brandon Clark. Yeah, I mean – Obviously, I think yeah. if and just imagine, and we don't know for absolute sure that our, that the Knicks are going to take RJ Barrett. He could fall to the Pelis at yeah. number four. You know, you don't know for sure, um, especially now that the Pelicans are doing so much rearranging and retooling. Um, and and then you n- never know what the Knicks are going to do because they're idiots, so they could easily uh, draft badly. So I'd be, I, I would just much rather have that four pick. And the number nine pick with Seku, and that's where some of the mock drafts have the Wizards taking is Seku Dumboya, who again is kind of looked at maybe like a Pascal Siakam, Giannis would be obviously the the ultimate comparison, but yeah. like you know those sort of things. Um, but he is yeah. he is only what like eighteen years old. Yeah, he, so he's the youngest player in the draft. So you have no idea what you're going to get with him. Yeah, and which which is can be great and can be bad. That's that's the thing. But hey, my boy Brandon Clark, who I've been yeah. I, I've been I've been chewing on that name for so it's long. Not a now. bad pick. I'll tell Oh, yeah, I'd be happy with that. He he was he was going around the seventh to say twelfth pick, those five picks or so inside there, and then all of a sudden, some reason he went down into the low twenties, and now all of a sudden, I'm seeing another mock draft where he's going all the way up to number eleven yeah. with the, with the T Wolves, mm-hmm. and I, I've been saying it for time and time again. We need a guy that's a big body down there who who, who has some length. Can score and grab boards, and that's and that's a big thing. Is that Brandon Clark has done that for Gonzaga, and he's you know there's a reason why uh, Achimura got a lot of uh, you know publicity at, at Gonzaga. Number one, his name, but number two, because he could score, but he couldn't play defense. And everyone loves scores. Brandon Clark is an all around guy. He, he scores, he grabs boards, he blocks, he has good steals, everything that, that you would want. This guy can do, and I'm hoping they could possibly steal him. Obviously, he's almost 20, uh, 23 years old, so you don't really want a guy there when you when you're kind of rebuilding. Uh, but also, you know, he's a proven commodity because of the sole fact that he's a junior, one of the only. Actually, right now, he's ranked the highest junior to come out yeah. uh, in this year's draft, right next to Achimura as well. Uh, so, if you can get someone like him, I would take that all day. And then, you know, if you get Bobo, okay, at number nine. But like I said, if we're talking about them possibly trading it on draft night and they can get that number four pick i'm a little worried it didn't work anybody out but yeah. like you said it's i mean it's always a crapshoot no matter yeah, what so uh, for sure it, and, and it, you take is, a take a stab at and somebody. the thing is if you are able to get the beal contract gone suddenly there's there's some wiggle room now yeah. beal was going to be a free agent what after next season anyways some of that nature yeah. like, I'm, I mean, I'm gonna look it up the, right now the wall contract is the big thing and that's what really has taken up this entire team's uh, pretty much the, the, all their money is, yeah. is John Wall's contract. Um, but if you can get Beal's contract at least off the books, then you have some free agency money to play with. Yeah, you know, and free agency at the end of uh, end of the month, end of June, I believe. It Beal starts. is a free agent in twenty twenty one. Okay, okay. So yeah, so there's some money there that you could take off the books and right, right there. I mean. This, this this coming yeah. season he's making twenty seven. Then the following year is twenty eight point. I mean seven. You can you can buy, you can get multiple assets that are decent at that, especially if you bring in Ball and Ingram or something like that. I mean, I think you and I, you know, 
We're big Bradley Beal fans. It's, he's been a pleasure to watch since he came here from Florida. He's a terrific shooter. He's, he's one of the, uh, you know, I, I, I say he's one of the most underrated shooters in the league because I think people overlook him because he has had injuries at times. Last season, he was an Ironman. I think he played in almost every single game. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, he proved that he was a fantastic, you know, player. Now, it sucks that he's playing for a crappy team. And I'm always on the side of I'd rather rebuild and get him off the books than have him play for a lottery team. So, and I don't think the Wizards have as big of a window as they think they have as far as like, oh, we got to wait. Because Bradley Beal, like we said, is going to be a free agent in a couple of years anyways. Are, do you legitimately think you can rebuild around him soon enough to try to lure him to stay? Yeah. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think that's how it's going to work. So trade him now. Get two top ten picks. Get some young assets from the Pelicans who are over overloaded with young assets now from the Lakers. And then have something to work with and actually some excitement. The worry here, transitioning to the other topic, is the GM side of things. The worry is, and where things sit right now as far as it just being a lot of the same old, same old, is if if the Wizards uh, seemingly, obviously, they, they won't have a new GM by the time Thursday the draft hits. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Um, so now you've got Tommy Shepard. What's the point, too? Doing, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So now you have Tommy Shepard doing the drafts for, uh, for the Wizards. And the worry is if Tommy Shepard stays... Uh, the GM, and he's like the interim GM for this season, is he basically going to just be another Ernie Grunfeld 2.0? And that's the fear because this is a guy that's been in the system for the last 10 years. Um, So he, you know, and and clearly he hasn't really changed anything or affected any change um, in his position underneath Grunfeld. So that's why there was so much excitement about Masai Ujiri and some of these other options is if you're a new GM, you come in, you blow it up. That's what happens. you yeah. got to restart the team and make them your team. And that the worry is if Tommy Shepard stays a GM, that's not going to happen. And yeah. we're just going to sit where we are outside the playoff picture. Exactly. And that's the biggest thing uh, that's on the books right now is obviously the nine, number nine pick and trading Bradley Beal or whatever it may be is, is you know, on, on the back burner right now. But you know, on the front burner, if that's even a word uh, to say in a, in a whatever the, the, the stupid sayings are, I mean, you have to look for the guy that's going to be the head of this organization for the next, say, four or five years or whatever they're going to offer somebody. Because, I mean, like you say, a 2.0 of Ernie Grunfeld, I honestly, I'm going to take a stab at it and say no, because of the sole fact that I think that he was possibly, you know, behind the scenes, seeing what everyone was saying and seeing the fire Ernie's and all this kind of stuff. Uh, on on social media and whatnot, and he's probably like, I would like to change things, but Ernie's been here for so long, he's probably not going to listen. And also, I have job security, mm-hmm. so I'm not going to say anything. You know, stuff like that. So I, you would hope that he'd be, uh, you know, wise enough to not do a Ernie Grunfeld 2.0, where you're, you know, trading away, you know, top five picks for, you know, Mike Miller and and, and whatever the hell, what was the guy's Jason something or another? I don't know what the guy's <laughs> name, whatever that guy's name was. The two, sure. the two veterans that they got that were on the backside of their careers, uh, you know, for a top five pick. So. You'd hope Tommy Shepard would do something different. Uh, but going back to the salary cap thing that they have to work with, I'm hoping that if they can get Masai Ujiri, I'm hoping they would get that. The one thing that they should be selling him the most on is what they're going to have in 2020 and 2021. So two seasons from now. So not this next season, but mm-hmm. the following season, they literally have, as of right now, three guys on the books. 
only three are signed for that next se- for that following season. And those three guys are John Wall, obviously, who's getting paid you know millions and millions of dollars to, to do nothing. Uh, yep. But hopefully by that time, he'll be maybe ready to rock and roll with all that rehab that he's doing. Uh, so we're only going to chew next season's price tag up, obviously. But you have Bradley Beal, who may even get traded, as we just said, that we might get some younger assets or we might just even get uh, just a pick or something like that. I don't know what they're going to do. So that might be off the books. So then you would only have two players on, and the last guy is Troy Brown, who they drafted last season, mm-hmm. who I've been high on, who no one really gave any time to, uh, and he's only getting paid $3.3 million, which is nothing on his rookie contract. So overall, if he progresses a little bit, because he's a more of a defensive guy, kind of a 3 and D, as, as you said it before, very athletic and all that kind of stuff, Hopefully they can get him, maybe even a Bobby Portis. Maybe they can sign him for yeah. a, a smaller deal. They'll have Dwight Howard, Jan Mahin <laughs> off the books. Both those guys will be off the books. That's $21.6 million off the books right there. God. And what Jabari Parker is not going to be signed again because he's not going to yeah. be getting paid $20 million. No. Um, but overall, I mean, right then and there, you, can, you could even get Sam Decker for a cheap price too. I'm looking at the, the whole entire salary salaries right now, mm-hmm. and you can get these guys for a cheap price, and that's what they got to sell uh, Masai Ujiri on and say, you just won a title. Kawhi is probably gone. That's how, He's almost as good as gone right now mm-hmm. from what I'm hearing because so suppo- I agree with that. Supposedly, there's also some rumors out there that I heard that him and uh, uh, what was that Kyle Lowry were talking behind the scenes after they won the championship, and supposedly from uh, it's rumors, but, but I could see it happening. Him saying like, "Hey, you know, we won this tournament, we won the whole entire championship and everything, but I'm I'm gone. You know, I'm leaving." So you would think that he could possibly go somewhere else. So then you're left with Kyle Lowry and uh, DeMar DeRozan. Nope, he's gone. Mm-hmm. So you, so it's like you only got that one semi-superstar. I don't even think Kyle Lowry is that, that, that big of a deal, honestly, in my opinion. But it, when, you're, when you're looking at it, there's, you have to rebuild kind of with, with another superstar in Toronto. Right now, you're in the top four payrolls. Obviously, Kawhi would be coming off the books in that situation. But you have to look at this and say – if we're going to give you five years in year two, you're going to have so much cap room. It's going to be like going to a playground and, play, and picking some type of, of swing or, or I don't know, ball pit or what, I don't know, that's not a playground, but any type of thing at a playground that you can go out there or even just go to recess and, and picking all these activities that you can do. You have sure. so much cash out there in 2020 and 2021 that you can go out and get whoever you want and sign all the role players you want. This is the situation that you can come and bring and be the, 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 the Messiah, I guess you could say, pun mm-hmm. intended, uh, for for uh, Washington and get this get this, this this city back on the tracks here because everyone is off the tracks and everyone wants to wants to jump ship and go root for the, the Lakers now and root for the Knicks because supposedly they're favored uh, one of the favorites to win the championship next year and they still don't have anybody ex- except for a couple players so it's like you're looking at it right now and saying. The Washington Wizards, because they're actually, I don't know if you saw it, Ben, they're actually the worst favorite team with the Memphis Grizzlies, I think one other team, uh, <laughs> to have uh, the championship next year. So Great. when you're looking at it, you gotta you got to try to go in, in, in into this negotiation period saying that, hey, in a couple of years, survive this next year, you know, rework some contracts, do what you need to do, and then have 2021 be your, be your Lord and Savior basically sitting right there with so much cash in your hand. Because as of right now, if you still have Bradley Beal, you have $70 million in cap space to spend. And right now, that's worth like the top four teams in the league have to spend. And that's what you want right there, right then and there. Yeah, and as far as kind of 2020, some you know possible free agents that will be out there in 2020, we're talking about Kyle Lowry, we're talking about Gordon Hayward, Paul Millsap, DeMar DeRozan, 
Otto Porter, bring him back. Um, I don't know about uh, that. <laughs> Andre, Andre Drummond, Hassan Whiteside. You know, there, there's there's some there's some guys over the next couple of years that that may be available. So. I mean, as far as heading into this Thursday and kind of what we're thinking is, you know, I don't want to get my hopes up. The Wizards are going to pull off this deal for Beal and get that number four pick. Um, I'm going to caution on the side of it's not going to happen. I would love if it did. The Wizards have never really made me feel good. So I'm going to say they're probably not going to do it. Yeah. We're probably going to see them draft like Bull Bull at number nine. And then that will be our excitement for (laughs) for who's the the guy you want. I mean, it, pick, pick one at, guy, and that's realistic. Yeah, it's realistic. At nine, at nine. I mean, I, I I've been high on Jackson Hayes for a long time. Yeah. I think I think I need to go I, watch some more film. I him. think that the Wizards need a big man. That is what they need. Uh, Thomas Bryant is is the, all all I hear about is how hardworking he is. He's like he's a beast in the gym. Um, you know, he's he outworks everybody else, but. Yet when I watch those games, he's got great energy. He doesn't have the talent yet. He's just not. A hard worker can only get to you so far. You need the talent in the NBA. The Wizards have Dwight Howard and Thomas Bryant. <laughs> I mean, that's hey, it'd be fine if we see Dwight actually on the court this year. Yeah, we'll see that. I mean, if so I would like Jackson Hayes. If not Jackson Hayes, then in that situation, because it's such a crapshoot, Pick the 18-year-old kid from France. See what he can do. Yeah. If it doesn't pan out, okay, we've seen this movie before. So what? Uh, but if it does pan out, I feel like it's higher upside if that Seku kid does turn into a Pascal or a Giannis or one of those types of guys. Um, I, I I just think you know might as well. I mean, well, <laughs> there's, it's it's like we talked about. It's a complete crapshoot there. Yeah. So so I, honestly, if you're gonna go with him, go with him. The only thing, one of the only things that scare me with him, one of the biggest things I, I should say that mm-hmm. scare me with him is that they keep saying, "Oh, he's still growing." Okay. You can still grow, but I don't want you to be a bull bull who's seven foot two and, yeah. and has twigs. Yeah, don't grow uh, too much. Yeah, exactly. Especially and, if you're a skinny guy. Yeah, yeah. but he's also he has, he, I mean, he's a stocky guy at two thirty, which is pretty damn good at six nine. Mm-hmm. So that I'll take that all day. Um, but really, I, I'm going to go back again. Like I said, Brandon Clark is it has, is my guy. I want him at number yeah. nine. If you're higher, then I'm, I might pass on it. But right now, comparing him to uh, Achimura, as, as everyone else compared him to uh, from, from Gonzaga, you know, their size, they're the exact same height. Brandon Clark has uh, 18 less pounds than Achimura does. But you have to look at it this way, Ben. Okay. Brandon Clark only averaged less than two points uh, away from Achimura. He had four more rebounds a game, which is a big deal. He had over an assist more a game. He had uh, almost three more blocks per game and more steals per game. And everyone everyone said, oh, I love the scoring and all that kind of stuff. You want an all-around player, and that's the guy I'm looking for because I want guys that can get us boards and get us second-chance opportunities on the offensive glass to go up there and get the boards and kick it out to Bradley Beal if he's on the team or anybody else that we pick up that's a shooter. And again, like you said, if we can trade Bradley Beal, well, we're not counting on it right now. If we do trade him, get that number four pick, get somebody that's a shooter in that situation. And that guy is obviously going to be R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett, 23 points a game. You would obviously like to have maybe a point guard like John Morant. But if you have John Wall, say, come back, and he has R.J. Barrett uh, to, to, to help out in the, in the backcourt, then you obviously you have possibly a Brandon Clark at number nine or even a Sekou who has a year under his belt uh, who – 
probably I don't think he will be on the Wizards if he gets drafted. I don't think he'll be on the Wizards. He might go to the uh, the G League or or even maybe stay overseas and maybe maybe develop over there or something like that. Uh, we'll see about that because he's so young. Yeah. But you, you have a Troy Brown that's a three D type guy. I mean, you have these guys that can go out there and, and, and progress, and that's what we want to see. We want to see a rebuild because honestly, look at the Redskins. Have they rebuilt <laughs> and forever? No. Have the Nats rebuilt and forever? They started building back back in the day, uh, but now they started doing everything with trades and Rizzo and stuff like that. And now the bullpen sucks because you know we traded all our assets away, you know, all that kind of stuff with that team. And then obviously you see the Capitals; they're not really rebuilding because they already got superstars on the team. They don't need to rebuild with that; they just reload. So right now we want to see a team that actually tanks and, and and not say oh we're not tanking but we're not winning at the same time so wh- wh- where's where's the you know the yeah. difference there yeah you don't want to be in that middle ground it sucks so yeah. we'll see thursday night is the draft that coincidentally is one of my big moving nights so i will unfortunately hopefully get to watch the draft otherwise i'll get the updates on my phone and i'm sure i'll get texts from you as well to help keep track because i don't know how uh, i'm probably gonna, upset i'm gonna have to take a break to, to watch that uh, watch the draft because <laughs> Uh, I got to see. And then maybe the Wizards will pull off of something blockbuster-wise. We'll see. Let's move on to the last uh, team we're going to talk about here, and that is the Washington Nationals. Three balls, two strikes, the pitch. Swing and a long drive. Deep left Somehow finding ways to disappoint us, even with success. Don't know how that even happens, but they do. And after winning 9 of 11 games, their last 10, they have gone 5-5 five and five and are still 8.5 uh, back <laughs> of the Atlanta Braves right now, who are just killing it right now. Their, goal, their uh, run differential right now is 39 uh, with the Washington Nationals being plus one. But it's kind of weird, Ben, when you see the Nats schedule and what, they, what they've done. And we, we even talked about it uh, when we, last episode when we talked about it uh, when they were playing the Padres. I believe they just won that game when we were recording. And we said they got two White Sox games and four D-back games until our next recording. Obviously, at Father's Day yesterday. But you're looking at it and saying, okay, they split with the White Sox. We would rather them take that. But if you look back to the week prior to that, you know, they, they won three or four, so you can take that. We'll, we'll, we'll say that's all, that's not too bad. Yeah. Uh, but you split with the Padres before the White Sox. You split with the White Sox there. Now you split with the D-backs. And it's funny because in the D-backs, the two wins that you had, you scored 22 runs. But in the two losses you had, you scored three. Now, obviously, Granky killed us in game number one. So you can let that aside. But then you lose the Steven Strasburg game 10-3. to three, And... It, I just don't think this this team is consistent enough to the point where now we're talking about them getting better, but they're not consistent enough because obviously, like we said before, when one piece of the puzzle is struggling, Mm -hmm. the other piece is thriving. Right now, our offense is playing pretty damn well for the most part. But then our, our our starting pitching Corbin's been struggling lately. Mm-hmm. Strasburg has been has been uh, hit around a, a couple times now. And then you see Anibal Sanchez somehow come out of the woodworks, and now he's starting to play well. But those are the games like like a yesterday where we score 15 runs. And then his uh, I think one of the last two prior to that might have been I think the White Sox one where we scored 12 runs or some of that nature. It was, he's pitched in two of his last three outings have been blowouts. So it's like. It doesn't really matter in that situation. You need those situations where if Steven Strasburg's struggling or Patrick Corbin's struggling, you need that night to be the night that you guys are hitting, you know, three, four bombs or something like that and keeping your team in the ball game. So in this situation, like I said earlier in this episode, 
this is the week. This is the homestand. This is the homestand of everybody's lives for, uh, yeah. up, to, up to this point. Because right now, as I said before, you are literally eight and a half back right now of the Atlanta Braves who moved ahead of the Phillies who have been struggling lately as well. Right now, you have the Phillies for a four-game set and the Braves for a three-game set. I told myself today when I woke up, uh, that this is exactly what I think about when I wake up in the mornings, uh, is how the Nats can help uh, my life. Um, and uh, I said you have to win at least five of, of these seven. Five of seven. You can win, you know, I would say you can win at least uh, three against the Phillies. You don't have to sweep either one of them. But I'd say you have to win three against the Phillies and at least two against the Braves. Win both series. And then, you know, you, you might gain some ground. I mean, we were up to what? What was it? I think six games was the closest we yeah. got. And, uh, right there. and and all of a sudden now we were eight and a half back. And we lost some ground. And, and now, again, like you said, Josh Donaldson is playing crazy for Atlanta. And so far, this their entire team has been playing pretty damn well. We're just not playing up to the standards that th- this team should be at. Because right now, our, I mean, our, our lineup is, is playing pretty damn well. I mean, think about it, though. Howie Kendrick, he's on fire. I don't know why he's not going to be voted. I think I think he has to be uh, a certain game percentage or something like that. I, I forgot guess, the, the qualifiers. Because he should be. And then, then you see Anthony Rendon's hitting 321. Juan Soto's at 290. Adam Eaton raised his batting average three points yesterday with, I think, I believe, a 4 for 4 game. Robles is playing very well. Robles actually has a very good war. I think his war is, is like uh, 1.9 or something like that uh, and that's one of the highest in the outfields I think Soto I think is like 1.5 and then Eaton's 1.7 or something of that nature I looked at it yesterday because I was comparing him to Harper um, but then Brian Dozier he's doing okay now I mean, he's at two, almost at 2.30 uh, when he was at like basically you know zero zero zero. it felt like uh, for so long but our lineup is playing pretty damn well Max Scherzer is now pitching like crazy I'll have to bring up a tweet here in a minute while you're talking sure. uh, to, for, for his last few starts I mean Right now, our, our lineup is, is pitching or is, is playing well, and Trey Turner's hitting 290 as well. I forgot to mention that. Kurt Suzuki, even though he got hurt yesterday, he's hitting 280. So overall, our, 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 our guys are playing well, but we're just not seeing the results uh, you yeah. know, coming to flourishion here. No, you're right. It's one of those things where when one, as you mentioned, when one part of the game is doing really well, the other part is not. And what also doesn't help is, is Atlanta is just a red-hot machine yep. right now. I mean, and then you just look at that Braves lineup. And, for example, they're starting lineup against the Mets today. you got Acuna leading off, then Dansby Swanson, then Freeman, then Josh Donaldson, who's hitting the cover off the baseball, Nick Markakis, veteran present. It's Austin Riley, kid who's having a hell of a season. you got Brian McCann, a catcher. Ozzie Albies uh, rounding out the lineup, batting 280, a good, solid player there, too. I mean, Atlanta is just stacked. And the problem is, is whatever ground the Nats tend to make up, I mean, if – at the Phillies, 39 and 32. The Nats are only, you know, six games behind them. The problem is Atlanta, 42 and 30, 12 games over 500, won nine of their last 10. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, those games that are coming up this week are just unbelievably crucial uh, for the Nats to gain ground because they won't see Atlanta again till mid July after the All Star break for a four game set and then three games at the end of July. And the worry is by the time that comes around, the Nats could be 10, 12 games out, and those games won't even matter come July. So it really is right about right now. 
and they have to try to get some ground here in this Philly and Atlanta. Of course, this game tonight being rain delayed, who knows when they're going to start it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's tough to see, man. It's tough to see that you know you win fifteen five on Sunday. It's a blowout. It's all laughs. Michael Morris is doing the color for the game. I'll take him over FP all day. Uh, Michael Morris, I will say, wasn't great at color commentating. Negative. Um, but better than FP, <laughs> yes. And it's not hard to do. But yeah. I will say, Michael Morris, nice guy, was fun to watch here. Um, but, yeah, color commentating is not really the gig for him. Here's a funny story real quick before I get into my last point. Uh, it was actually funny. I was at spring training, and uh, we were, it was at Space Coast. So they weren't at West Palm yet. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were in Vieira or Melbourne, whichever one it was. And uh, it was funny because we're sitting there, and, uh, you know, the players, all of a sudden the players start, like, you know, exiting the, the field. And, mm-hmm. they, and, and we were out in the concourse at this point. And I say exit the field, I mean they're – you know, walking to their cars. And uh, it was like this down this huge concrete ramp. And, I, and all of a sudden I was like, hey, look, it's, you know, it's so-and-so, whatever. And uh, and, and then uh, my, my grandmother was came over and she's like, who, who is it? And I said, oh, it's Mike Morse down there. She's like, she's like, Michael! <laughs> and of course, she can't see over top the the, the, the thing, you know, the little the little thing or whatever it was, the little, uh, you know, the little curb thing that was mm-hmm. that was blocking it. So he's looking at me and he's like, oh, look at this guy over here. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, this guy uh, sounds like a grandma. Yeah, f- 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 funny Mike Moore story. And then he came up and he said hi to everybody and stuff like that, which was nice. So. Yeah, I mean, he seems like a nice guy. It's just, and it's just one of those things where just because you played baseball does not mean you're going to be a good color color commentator because yeah. <laughs> as as we've seen through fp and uh with now michael morse they gotta i mean they they gotta just find somebody to fill in that role i don't know yeah. or just bring up jags or slows from the radio because that's it's it's rough it's it's really rough to watch and listen to those games right now yeah so overall when I, when you're looking at mm-hmm. it you have to look at uh going back at it here i mean I think if they can get five out of seven in this, then they got a big, good stretch that they can they can rattle off some things before the All Star break. Because we mentioned it, obviously the Phillies and the Braves in the next seven. Then you go on a little road trip against the Marlins and your Detroit Tigers. Uh, but then then you cross over into July, and that's going to be a big deal as well. Because then you got another six games, uh, uh, little little stint here before the All Star break, where you're playing the Marlins again, so you're playing the Fish again, and you play this this the worst team in in history, uh, the Kansas City Royals. Uh, which have fallen off the earth since they were making you know World Series runs and everything like that a few years ago. And that's a big deal right there because overall if you have those games and somehow you win five of seven, then all of a sudden, you know, rattle off a good you know few number of wins, then all of a sudden somehow you find yourself, you know, within say four and a half, five games or whatever, uh, because obviously you gained the ground uh, with Atlanta against Atlanta. That's a big deal. I mean, you need that to happen. Mm-hmm. And right now, like I mentioned earlier, the stats that we have for guys playing well, Max Scherzer is playing at a Cy Young level. His last five starts, get this, Ben, last five starts, 1.06 ERA in 34 innings, 49 Ks, only six walks, and he only has let four earned runs in his last five starts. So right now, you're looking at uh, you know Max Scherzer being on point right now. And uh, one negative, though, Kyle Bearclaw, he, he went to the ILs uh, recently. And his last 13 appearances, who was supposed to be one of our staples in the bullpen, uh, as Mike Rizzo said, his last 13 appearances uh, before going on the IL, he only had 11 innings pitched. He led in 17 hits, 15 earned runs, five walks, 12 Ks, two hit by pitch, and six home runs allowed. So... Honestly, that's probably a good situation right there. But, mm-hmm. you know, and I even mentioned to you, I'm really tired of, you know, seeing, 
you know, a, a loss, which we had last week. There was a loss that they that they were calling and all that stuff. And all of a sudden, I checked Twitter, and they're all saying, oh, well, Trevor Rosenthal, it was, it was the Granky game. Oh, Tre- yeah. Trevor Rosenthal, yeah. you know, he, he played played great. You know, oh, my gosh, he, he only hit one batter today or, so, or some of that nature. And it, it's, it's just it just baffles me how they're still set on Trevor Rosenthal it's, and Zim's it's, return. It's so weird. It's so weird with the Rosenthal stuff. Any other pitcher would have been long gone at this point. And they're just – I mean, he came in the game the other day, and he walked a guy, walked a guy, I think might have given up a hit after that. And then they come out, and Davey talks to him for a little bit. And then, you know, it's just like, again, if he can't pitch, he can't pitch. I understand you put yeah. money towards this guy – you know, it was a it was a dumb contract. It was a dumb decision to yeah. try to bring him back. It was a gamble that did not work. A lot of money too. Let's just admit that it did not work, and let's move on from him, um, like you would with any other pitcher in the world. So, but overall, with the Nats, as far as you know, what you mentioned earlier at the top of the show is this is a crucial two weeks. This this yeah. next couple weeks, this next couple series are absolutely crucial, and this is where the Nats kind of establish okay. Are, are they going to get back in the race? Because that was the talk for a little bit where the things were kind of swinging. When they were within six games or so, things were swinging back into the shape of, okay, the Nats are coming back into this race. Now it's gone back the opposite direction. Um, and so this next couple of weeks will dictate, okay, are the Nats going to be for real? Are they going to contend? Because the Braves aren't going to be this hot all season long. That's just not going to happen. Um, but if the Nats are too far back, then it won't matter. The Nats have to be within five or six games for it to even be a race yeah i mean because when you get too far gone like right now they're too far gone at eight and a half that's just you can't you can't make that up right now and it's also a really demoralizing feeling where okay you were you won nine of eleven and now you kind of evened out a little bit but you're still five games under 500 it's like you won nine of eleven you should be above 500 that's what happens when you put yourself people say oh it's a long season the beginning of the season doesn't matter it does matter when you're in this situation where you're climbing out that big of a hole exactly that's why you have to play 500 ball at least you're playing 500 ball then you give yourself the flexibility to okay if we get hot now we turn it on we can we you know we're in a good spot if you're sub 500 in a hole you start playing well you're still climbing just to become 500 and that's not even 500 yet exactly so anyways that's gonna be uh one to watch out for this week obviously yeah. try to tune in or go to the games or do whatever you can do uh whenever you're listening to this obviously as of right now uh ronald acuna jr has hit a home run so the braves are up two to nothing yeah. on the mets in the third inning uh so that might be another w so again more crucialness uh, is that even a word sure uh, more crucialness i guess you could say <laughs> uh for uh the washington nationals to come out with victories here yeah. against bryce harper and the philadelphia yeah. phillies we'll see how this plays out i will be at the game on friday this ah. week friday night uh, that may be Dallas Keuchel's first start for oh, Atlanta. Actually, uh, that, that, that could be fantastic because he might be rusty. That's the thing. I, <laughs> I, I would think he wouldn't pitch the whole game. Um, so maybe we'll see four innings out yeah. of Dallas Keuchel and then Anibal Sanchez. We'll see if it's raining on Friday as well. It's Max Scherzer bobblehead giveaway night. Um, so it's going to be a good crowd, I'm Could it sure. be any I'm worse hit. of a week for weather for the Nats? Because you come home in this homestand, it's supposed to be 60% or above for the next Every day. three yeah. or four days. It's, and it's today, insane. it's like sunny outside and muggy, and it's, and it's, it's crappy. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it starts pouring down rain. It's been pouring, <laughs> and it poured like multiple times today. Yeah. Where it poured for a bit. It's humid as hell. Oh, it's not sucks. good, man. It's not good. Well, speaking of things that are not good, <laughs> final segment of the show Let's talk about what grinds our gears. You know what really grinds my gears? 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 You, America. And that, people, is what grinds my gears. 
Uh, it's been a little while. Ah. <laughs> uh, it's been a little while since we've done what grinds our gears. Uh, and I do encourage you to check out Mr. Cerrone's article uh, posted on the website, what was that, two days ago? Uh, uh, yeah, I think so. Talking a little Women's World Cup. So if you haven't been watching the Women's World Cup, um, you know, you're not missing much except for the U.S. just blowing out teams that they're playing. <laughs> I mean, uh, the Chile game on Sunday was, you Wait, know. I think Chile had one shot. Yeah, they, they weren't <laughs> on. The, I watched the whole thing. Chile was on the U.S. side of the field maybe twice all game. It's unbelievable. The women's team is just playing on a different level than everybody else. They do play Sweden this Thursday. That's the other 2-0 team. The USA team has already basically won the group based on goal differential. So they, you know, but Sweden is 2-0. They are undefeated. USA is undefeated. So maybe a good game Thursday, I think maybe at 3 o'clock or 1 o'clock, something like that. But let's talk about the first game that happened and and the subject of Mike's article was if you missed it, the USA absolutely obliterated Thailand 13 nothing. Now, you'd think, you know, hearing that score, uh, you think a couple things. One, man, it must be great for the USA people that paid thousands of dollars to go see that game in person. They get to go see 13 goals from their team. Yeah. Um, two, hey, this is a World Cup game. Uh, you know, I, I want a team to stay, be on the gas pedal all game long because this isn't some exhibition game or some scrimmage. This is the World Cup. But instead, as Mike noted in his article, there was some backlash and the backlash came especially from a couple Canadian reporters or something oh, like geez. that, uh, which is like, hey, guys, celebrate your basketball championship, all right? Don't be talking trash about our women's team. Um, because while USA won 13 nothing, the uh, controversy is around the goal celebrations. And that is where the story takes us here. And, Mike, you had some thoughts about that. And um, if you haven't uh, read the article, check that out on dccrossover.com. But, Mike, it seemed like the main point of your piece was around the fact of how absolutely ridiculous it is that people are getting ragging on the women's team for doing what they are literally paid to do, and that's win soccer games. Now, the biggest thing that I have issue with is – Number one, the the lower majority of people that are saying that oh they should have let off the gas pedal they should they they, they should have you know pulled back the reins a little bit on the horse like it's like why like this is the World Cup this is the highest tournament in all of soccer I mean mm-hmm. do you think that the, the the men's World Cup team would would love to be, even be in the World Cup they can't be, can't even beat Jamaica they lost Jamaica like last week or something Ugh. like that I mean they can't even beat the, the, the countries that have 2,000 people like it just makes zero sense to me how you say oh wait oh uh, you should pull back on the reins some of my favorite radio hosts on the sports on DC sports talk were saying oh why well, I, I can't believe that they scored this much I, I this is this. It's just disgraceful. It's kind of embarrassing all that stuff. Number number one, I hate the words disgraceful, embarrassment, disrespectful, all that kind of stuff. I hate that stuff. Don't call athletes that I mean, when when you're going to be you know rooting for them when when they're winning the World Cup. Don't root for them and then call them a disgrace. You know, in the opening game against a team like Thailand, who yes, they were undersized. Yes, soccer is not their number one thing in Thailand. It was a win automatically. It's, yeah, it's, you knew it, the USA was going to exactly. Win. So it's like you go out 
out there and you shoot and you score almost every single time and you score 13 goals. Yes, I even said in my article, I was at work. I saw that they were up three to nothing at halftime. Then I saw they were up like, you know, seven nothing at a certain time. Then all of a sudden I was like, oh, wait, they scored six goals in the last like 15 minutes. Like, okay, sweet. That was awesome. My first thought was, oh, this is this is pretty, pretty cool. You know, they, they, just, they just blew the doors off of Thailand. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden I'm seeing all these things on Twitter and all these things on the radio about, oh, my gosh, I cannot believe they scored that much. That is just such an American thing to do. Like, who cares? America is 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 the the best country in in the world. And you're you're gonna you know f- look at us and say, oh my gosh, you know this is so humiliating to do against Thailand. Do you think the USSR in in, in hockey back when they made the movie Miracle in those days really cared if they won seven to nothing in hockey? It's almost the equivalent of of winning thirteen to nothing in soccer. It's the exact same situation. You can't fr- you know you'll frown upon somebody who's going out there doing their job scoring goals left and right obviously i'm not in the camp of oh well if you should just stop us if you don't like it like i don't i don't like that situation that's kind of stupid because obviously thailand is so small and so under i guess you could say under skilled against the u.s men, uh, u.s women's national team mm-hmm. there's no way in the world they could ever stop them and the people are saying oh yeah well you could have taken alex morgan out people in soccer there are three substitutions if you got a problem with that talk to fifa talk to anybody who has those rules with three yeah. substitutions it's not like basketball where you can just sub out all your your ones bring in your entire backups and then all of a sudden you know you have the, your jeremy lins of the world and different stuff like that basketball reference for you uh you know that, that that come in there and all of a sudden they're somehow better than the the ones of the other team and, they, and they're they're kicking their ass like it's embarrassing to say the goal differential was, was a big thing and then everyone starts backing off that topic because everyone started saying oh well that's so stupid to even come up and now all of a sudden everyone's backing off that saying oh well you know the way they celebrated those goals who cares how they celebrated some of those girls like i mentioned in my article which i'm going to scroll down right now and find out it it makes zero sense zero sense for them to say oh yeah well you know mallory Pugh should should score her goal even though she's 21 years old and this is her first time ever in a world cup i'm sure Mm -hmm. and she scored a goal if she if she celebrates kiss my ass i could care less about you saying anything about 21 year old scoring a world cup goal the highest highest of the highs in soccer in women's soccer rose lavelle she scored a couple goals she's 25 i could care less the problem i have with what they did with celebrating now i'm on the fence of okay don't rub it in their face yeah. is megan rapino uh, obviously if you go to my article you can see what she did some you know leg kicking thing like some jackie chan thing i don't know what the hell that was or, or jet lee or whoever did the whoever does all those stunts back in the day um <laughs> one of those guys um megan rapino she's a great soccer player i loved her in the past couple world cups and everything of that nature she's she, she's she's a great player 33 years old though you score you know the the ninth goal of the game and you're out there doing leg kicks and and, and you know she did that little plane firing that jason terry used to do with the mavericks they called them the jet you know he used to do the little plane flying thing and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. but then she does his leg kicks and all that stuff it's like choreographing something is is funny but not when you're up nine to nothing like you know late in the game like you're 33 years old this is a situation i even said in my article as well People, all eyes are on you. They, all the eyes, young kids, you know, younger players, high school players, you know, youth players, whatever it may be, their eyes are all on you watching this game. If you're 33 years old, you know, you've been a favorite player of, I don't know, for people for you know almost 10 years now or whatever it is since you were 23. 
why are you sitting there and, and, and showing up your opponent? Now, people are, you know, even the, the girls are saying, oh, well, you wouldn't do this to men. I'm not going to get into the sexism thing. That's kind of stupid, in my opinion, uh, to even tra- talk about that because we criticize T.O. for you know bringing out jackets and Ocho Cinco for, for, for signing balls and bringing a Sharpie out of his stupid sock. Mm-hmm. You know, stupid stuff like that. We criticize them all the time, so I think that's kind of a ridiculous argument in the first place. But they're backing them up. I understand backing up Mallory Pugh and Rose Lavelle, but I'm not Megan Rapino. That was just ridiculous because you're the veteran of the team. You're one of the captains of the team. Act like you've been there before. That's where I'll say act like you've been there before because I won't say that a lot because some of these girls haven't been there before. But Megan Rapino has been there multiple times, and she's even won a World Cup before. So don't go out there and show up your team in that situation. My last thing right here yeah. is when people start saying, oh, Jill Ellis, the head coach, she should know better than to do this. She, sh- she lost control of her team. She did not lose control of the team. Maybe she could have said something. Maybe she even did say something. And the, and the girls maybe didn't listen because they got so much adrenaline pumping, they didn't even think about it at the time. But when people are saying she lost control of the team, it's out of line. It's, 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 it's ridiculous. She should, she should be fired for this. I even, I even heard someone say she should be fired for this, which is like, you, you got to be serious. It's so dumb. Oh, but overall. Hit the, the Nats outfield. Uh, yeah, you're, 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 so, you're, you're fired up just like I am. Yeah, yeah. Basically, uh, it's, it, it, it's, it's embarrassing because we've coached yeah. before, and it's like, you know, people like the parents or whatever, they get, they get on your ass or they, they, they mm-hmm. get pissed off at you, whatever. But when you have a whole nation saying, oh, yeah, you know, it's – she lost her team. She lost respect from everybody. Oh, that's so dumb. Yeah. You know, she could have said something in the, in the thing and not told you what she said. She could have just kept it in between her and the girls. Mm-hmm. Did whatever. I just think that's that's ridiculous. But the the thing about the Canadian women. By the way, I couldn't find the video, the original video, because if you go back to Grant and Danny, I should play it right now. Maybe I'll play it next week. Uh, of the of these these three, like I think they're all Canadian because it's on TSM, which is like the mm-hmm. the Canadian sports channel or whatever. And I only saw I only saw the reaction of them reacting to Alex Morgan reacting to them. Uh, if that made any sense, what I just said. <laughs> um, but their first video, as I as I quoted, because I listened to it on Grant and Danny on one six seven the fan. Mm-hmm. The quotes: If you're going to blow away a team, do it with humility. They did not. And then another quote: This was disgraceful from the United States. I would hope they could have won with humility, humility and grace. Like what are they talking about? Queen Elizabeth or something? Something like that. Like, give, me, give me a great show. They're not walking down the red carpet here, but celebrating the eighth, ninth, and tenth goals the way they did was really unnecessary. And the, some of the best, the last two, I saved for last. As a Canadian, we would never, ever think oh. of doing something like that. Yeah, go go, go play some hockey, okay? You, you, I don't even know if they're in the World Cup right Yeah, now. it's it, – the big issue that I have is – They are in the World Cup, sorry. No, no, <laughs> it's fine. I mean, the thing I have is, look, like you said, it's the World Cup. I mean, this is the Super Bowl of the sport. Um, you know, Olympics are great. Uh, Gold Cup and all that stuff is great. But the World Cup is the most important thing in, yep. in, for soccer. No doubt about and it. These girls are there to have fun, and they're there to absolutely destroy everybody that they play because they are the best team in the world, the women's t- uh, U.S. team is. And if they want to celebrate a ninth or tenth goal, so be it. I, I'm with you. Don't I mean? Don't run up to the other players and start rubbing it in their face. But yeah. hey, they're excited to be there. Don't be like Smash Mouth, put an L on your forehead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they had a lot of you know. They weren't doing it directly at the other team. They were celebrating with each other. They were scoring people scoring goals that have never scored World Cup goals before. It's the first game of the tournament for them. Um, they're happy to be there. They're in. France. I mean, let them have fun. Yeah. That's the thing. And and Thailand, did you see Thailand players crying after the game or coming out and bashing the U.S.? No, because you know what? I think some did cry. 
Well, they should cry. They lost like 13 <laughs> yeah, nothing. Yeah, you got, you got and if they did cry, okay, so what? You got absolutely crushed. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what else to tell you. But I think... I think Score it, a goal. That might feel better. Yeah, I think the thing <laughs> is, is uh, you know, I, I don't think you can get mad at them for scoring um, the goals that they scored. Yeah. You, you may have somewhat of a gripe, and you put in the article that, you know, leg kicking or doing whatever the karate kicks that Rapino was doing there <laughs> may be unnecessary. You did see in the Chile game... They did tone it down a little bit on the goals. I think they only won that game like 3 nothing or something yeah. like that. And, and and every goal, they went over to the bench players and high-fived them and kind of celebrated with you see, them. You see Carly Lloyd, like one of the other captains? Yeah. And she was sitting there doing golf claps and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. Because like, it's, like, it's stupid. I mean, and, there, and, and yeah, you're right. We're not... The, it, as two men, we're not here to speak on, like, women versus men and kind of yeah. how that works. You know, that's just not really our area. Um, but I, I will say, I think it's a ridiculous argument. I think people are constantly looking, and sometimes other countries, are constantly looking for reasons to get mad at, at Americans and kind yeah. of how Americans do sports because Americans tend to be brash and tend to be um, offensive and tend to be, you know, showy. And, and that's just because they're, they tend to have more fun than other countries. Yeah. So I think sometimes... Uh, other countries are looking for any excuse to point to America and say, hey, you shouldn't do that. Well, guess what? You know, if you don't want us to do that, don't give up 13 goals. Exactly. That's the, what it comes to. The last to. quote from the Canadian women that is probably the most egregious thing I've ever heard on, on national television, uh, besides anything that Stephen A. Smith said. <laughs> yeah. uh, it says, for me, it's disrespectful and disgraceful. Again, that's what they say. Hats off to Thailand for holding their heads high. Their first time on the World Cup stage. I would love to just be there and hug them all. Okay. Like, so you know, give me a break. Kiss, so again, kiss my ass. We kicked your ass 13 to nothing. I'm not a, all, all for, you know, the leg kicking and crap from the veterans. Yeah. But it's like, I mean, seriously, I even said it in my article. Do you want them to go out there and like, if you want to go hug them and say, give them an orange slice and say, you yeah. know, you played great. That's not what like, this is about. Like, These are professionals. These are professionals Seriously. at the highest level of their sport. While they, the Thailand team is not going to be at the same level the USA team is, they've played soccer. They've won soccer. They've lost soccer. They're used to this. They know what they're getting. Thailand knew what they were getting into when they were playing the U.S. Yep. They knew that there was going to be have to be a miracle for them to even score a goal against the U.S. And we're seeing that against Chile as well. It had to be a miracle for them to even get close. They had one shot on net. So... It's not like this was a surprise that the Team USA was going to come in and kick their ass. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as far as, like, saying, oh, I want to give them a hug and stuff like that, you know, if we're, talking about, if we're talking about men versus women type stuff, are you saying that about the Golden State Warriors after losing <laughs> to the Raptors after multiple guys going down? Are you exactly. saying the same thing? No, you're not. You're saying it because they're women and they're crying and, you, you know, that sort of thing. So if we're talking about sexism, there's an example right there. <laughs> so, you know, I think it just comes down to these are fantastic uh, soccer players. You watch their games, men, women, whatever. Yeah. They're very good. And they are uh, kicking they're everybody's the butt. The, the cream of the crop right now. I mean, yeah. women's soccer in the United States is at an all-time high. And that's the thing is you got to look at here is if you're on the women's national team, you're probably pretty damn good. Yeah. So it's like. I mean, look, the Chile game, they they sat Alex Morgan. They sat yeah. Rapino. They sat all those guys. And they still won and shut out the other team. And the ball, they could have had more goals. Trust me. They could oh, have yeah. been 6 7 nothing. So that just shows you how deep that team is. And, in fact, and those, those are the players that made the team. And Imagine how good. I mean, the third tier players probably could have still oh, been yeah. in Thailand. I mean, yeah, I mean, if you look, if you look at the stats and the reports here, uh, oh yeah, Chile, 
had uh, Chalet, whatever you want to call it, yeah. had one shot. It wasn't even on net, no. which is I, I saw your tweet by the way, which said like another another day at the beach, another <laughs> goalkeeper. Uh, Twenty six for the U.S., nine on goal. They had fifteen fouls to eleven. I mean, it's like it could have been four nothing too. There was a missed penalty kick by Carly Lloyd. Um, and so, which was a, a weird miss, but yeah, I mean, and like you said, they sat Alex Morgan, they mm-hmm. sat Ma- sat uh, Megan Rapino, sat R- Rose Lavelle. They, I mean, a bunch of other guys like Tobin Heath. She didn't, she didn't play. No, yeah. I mean, they, they they put in these 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 girls that are second tier uh, players. They still, they're, they're still pretty destroyed. damn good. Yeah, no, it's it's fun to watch, and and, and yeah, I mean. I, I, I'm completely with you. You wrote a great piece just in the fact that, look, everyone's got to relax. We can't get – if you – imagine getting that mad about a soccer game. Imagine <laughs> getting that angry. You must have an incredible life if the thing that you're choosing to get mad about that particular day is that Team USA women's soccer in the, in the World Cup in the, in the group round had a couple leg kicks in the air after their ninth or tenth goal. Get a grip. Yeah. Get a life. And the funny thing is, if you look at Sweden, Sweden's one of the top teams as well. If you look at the stats compared to U.S.'s Thailand yeah. thing, U.S. had to think about tw- uh, 39 shots and mm-hmm. about 27 or so or 21 on target. Uh, Sweden had 34 shots. So yeah. it's not like Sweden was, you know, all – they just didn't score as much. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. like you, you can shoot the ball, but it's like – I even heard a stupid comment, too. Someone said, like – you could punt the ball over over the crossbar. It's not that hard. You can, you, you you can you can let them have the ball back. Who wants to even do that? It's the dumbest thing no. in the world. Yeah, it's no longer soccer. At tr- that point. Tr- trust trust me. Let me let me go out there, have a free shot on net, and just boot the ball like I'm trying to kick a field goal. No, Thailand like, wants so them dumb. to play soccer. That's the thing. As soon as you start, uh, as they say it in all sports. So you start like letting the air out of the ball, or when as they say, or you know just passing the ball around. Suddenly, it's no longer soccer yeah. anymore. Now it's you. Making sure you're not hurting the other teams. Hey, you feelings. can even say the, the analogy you, know, you had earlier off air with basically playing keep away from your yeah, little brother. Exactly. Now, in certain sports, there's certain ways to do that. In football, if you're up big, you run the ball. You're not going to be yeah. throwing 90 yard bombs. That's how you. Now, if you run the football and you still score, the other team's not going to get mad at you for that because you're playing. The, you're trying. Yep. That's that's your attempt in kind of slowing things down. In basketball, you kind of use the shot clock a little bit more. You're not launching threes. That's how you do it. In soccer, there's really no clean way to do it you because it's already so tough enough to even score in soccer yep. usually unless you're playing thailand it could have been two on the, the whole team and you and me probably would have still scored a goal <laughs> um but in soccer it's just different you can't yeah. really do that unless you're asking for them for literal to literally play keep away and kick the ball around and then make thailand run all over the field chasing it and look even more helpless and pathetic you got to just let them play you got to let them continue to play the game uh, it's it's a running clock there. You know we're going to be out, done after ninety minutes and maybe some change. So just let them do it. Yeah, just and, let them play. And it's the same thing as, as baseball. You're, you're you're down twelve to one. Yeah, and the world still has to throw game the ball. seven of the World Series. What are you what are you going to do? Yeah. Sit there and say, okay, we'll let them have a couple of runs. Yeah. Intentional walk. Intentional yeah. walk. Like, you, you're not going to steal a bunch of bases, but you guys got to hit the ball. Guys got to pitch the ball. You can't just stop the game and stop playing the game just because you don't want to hurt their feelings. You know. They say it's, they say David crazy. and Goliath for a reason. There's a big underdog and there's a big favorite. Yeah. Do you think nine times out of ten Goliath is it gonna is it gonna pummel <laughs> yeah, David that many times? They pummeled him. That's for sure. <laughs> so you know, good luck to that team. Obviously, we'll be keeping an eye on them throughout the World Cup. They're the most successful U.S. soccer team we've got.
uh, with the men's team just looking like absolute garbage oh, of late. So also ridiculous that Bill Hamid was not given a nod as possible goaltender for the U.S. team because he's having an incredible uh, season for D.C. United. What's the uh, update on D.C. United, by the goal. way? Um, so they're, they're, they have that couple weeks off now um, okay. as of late. So they're in the middle of that, I think, because of the Gold Cup and stuff, that because those teams are playing. Right. Um, so so for now, uh, team, uh, D.C. United, I think they return in about another week or so. So they're still, you know, they're still up there. I'm definitely going to try to get to another yeah. game before the season ends. You know, they're going to be around next next few months. But as far as the standings go, DC United currently third, um, but it, they were first for a long time. Hey, um, make it to the playoffs. That's all that matters. Exactly. So right now, D, but the problem is DC United. They keep tying. So they're seven, four, and six. They have more ties than losses. Yeah. It's unbelievable. They're going to they're going to point though for each they're one. They're 27 of them. points, so they're tied for second really because they're with Montreal. Philly leads the Eastern Conference with 31 points, and Montreal and D.C. United behind them at 27. So, um, you know, D.C. United, uh, again, exciting team. Definitely keep your eye out on them. Um, they will be back. Well, Team USA will be playing Guyana uh, Tuesday. Is it uh, Guyana or Ghana? Uh, this one's Guyana, uh, G-U-Y-A-N-A. Ghana is G-H-A-N-A. That's those are two different countries. Ah. So 10 p.m. on Tuesday. I thought they were the same for the, all these years. 10 p.m. tomorrow. So 10 p.m. <laughs> tomorrow, USA plays in the Gold Cup. And then D.C. United returns to action this Wednesday against NYFC at 7 p.m. They're pretty good, right? I'll be watching. Yeah, I, I, that was the game I went to. They have, da- they, they, they have David V on the team, right? Yeah, yeah, and they're good. D- uh, NYFC is good. So. Name, name the team David Villa was on in Spain. Aston Villa? No. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe later or earlier. Okay. I mean, he was on Barcelona. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, Not that it matters. <laughs> no, no, I'm an idiot. I get it. No, I was kidding. I don't know my soccer definitely as much as you do. No, no, no. I know I, my I MLS. Know, I know soccer. I know. Yeah, you know. You know that's yeah. why I asked you about MLS because you know yeah. MLS. Yeah, yeah. So Wednesday, DC United uh, restarts the season after a couple weeks off. So um, you know, we'll keep an eye on them as well. But besides that. The big things to look out for here for D.C. sports fans, the draft this Thursday. Keep an eye out on possible Caps moves as well here this offseason. And then the Nats, are they even playing yet? Are they still in nope, their delay? still delayed. They're, still delay. they're showing some random show. I on mean, right showing now. up to the stadium you know, oh, the worst. an hour before a 7.05 game. You're there at 6 o'clock. And it's 8.30, and they still haven't even started the game. And this is a weeknight. This is a Monday night. Yeah. I mean, if you got work tomorrow, you know, good luck. You probably already left the park by now. I do believe that if it's more than an hour delay, you do get to redeem your tickets for another season, a game later on in the season. So yeah. um, I think that's the rule that they have. But, you know, why would you want – I mean, this is what you planned for. You've got tickets. You've gone down there. It's like, what are you going to do? So And they got this little story right here on the, on the, on the ticker there. A fake – Yeah, uh, I, I saw that. That's, that's pretty crazy. Saw, Kawhi Leonard. And, and then – but you look at him and his actual face, and you're like, there's no way this is Kawhi Leonard. Why would anybody think that? Just because he has cornrows and he's black and he's wearing a Raptors jersey? It's like, there's, there's, no, there's no NBA player that's going to walk around the streets in his jersey. Yeah, anytime that guys are doing that and people fall for it, it's just, you're the biggest idiot. Like, oh, my world. gosh, look, it's Kawhi. You go on YouTube and he's it's at McDonald's. All, all the time. There's always guys that dress up around the draft and they wear a suit and the hat of a team and they'll if they're tall and they'll film videos of them going around the streets and telling people, oh, yeah, I was just drafted. And they'll be like a second round, like, 50th pick or something, and nobody's going to look up the that, best one. Was pick. when John Stockton, I think, it was in China, I think it was, or where, where, yeah. I forgot where he was, maybe Spain. It was Barcelona, yeah. was it Barcelona? Yeah, 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 something like that. And it was for the dream team, and he yeah, walked around. It was. It was and Spain. like, people were like, Hey, did you see the USA game? And he's like, Yep, yeah, yeah, I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> he's dropped 14 dimes to MJ and Charles Barkley. 
But no, it's, oh man, it's not looking pretty for the Nats tonight. Yeah, big series. That's a bad omen. Bad omen for this week. So everybody, definitely keep an eye on the Nats here this week. And then also, you know, Mike and I will be continuing to write articles for DCCrossover.com. So be sure to check out the site. No doubt about it. For Ben Simpson, I'm Mike Cerrone. Again, check us out on all the social media outlets at the DC Crossover on Twitter. Interact with Ben on there at Cerrone16 for me. If you want to interact with me on Twitter as well. Uh, DC Crossover Podcast on Facebook, dccrossover.com, again, is our website. And definitely search DC Crossover on all your podcasting apps. You can search that because we have an episode every single week. And we also have some other interview episodes when people want to be on our podcast for once. Uh, We have a lot of people canceling on us at last minute. So that's always fantastic. Uh, But again, this is the episode number 34. Again, always check out the clip of the week. This clip of the week will be a fun one indeed. It might be a sports topic this week, possibly. Uh, we usually are talking about Lunchables or talking about food or something like that. Ben, uh, I don't know if you got my tweet or, or not my I tweet. Did. My, I did. I, I saw the picture. The little Debbie stuff. Yeah, I yeah. walked right past it. You should be, you should be proud of me. Um, but uh, anyways, uh, we're going to get right to Ben's uh, little little taste test of the Flamin' Hot Doritos right when we get off the air here. So again, <laughs> definitely check out all of our episodes, clips of the week, and everything. And don't forget to subscribe, download, and review and rate this DC crossover. If you hate it. Don't do that, please. (laughs) Anyways, thank you for listening once again. Episode 34 of the DC Crossover. Happy most important week of the Washington National Season right here on the DC Crossover. Let's set fire.